0: Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Melissa Kirscher and Wendy Bolesby. Do you want to start this one? Oh, okay. We haven't done this in a while. I know. What? Okay. Welcome, listeners. I know it's been a while. Oh, my God. To another episode of Xanadu Cinema. What? <laughs> Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. We are here in Austin,
1: Texas. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think we got to start that over.
0: Yeah, I just, like, my tired hit my language, hit my, whoa, it's been a long time. hmm Okay. Welcome, listeners. It's time for another episode of Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I know it's been a while, but it's about to happen. This is one of your co-hosts, Wendy, joined as always by my intrepid shenanigator, Melissa. Hi. And we are going to report out to you on Fantastic Fest 2017. Which we just completed the gauntlet
1: of the legendary Fantastic Fest.
0: For a variety of reasons, some yeah. of which we will probably go into while we talk to you, yeah. um, rather than do daily report outs this year, we decided to wait till the end of the festival and do sort of a recap uh, web series. Let's call it that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we're we're doing
1: like six episodes in a row, and so we'll break it up in chunks so you aren't stuck with listening to a three-hour cornucopia. Bu- where we just blather to you about movies that you haven't heard of yet. So Yet, although yet, you
0: certainly yet. shall hear of some of these. Yes. Oh, my goodness, seek them out. Yes. So much goodness. Yes. It was a really strong
1: year. I loved pretty much everything I saw.
0: I did not hear anybody just being like, whoa, there's a piece of crap, just avoid that. Well, there's, there
1: is one that was kind of iffy. And we'll talk about that one yes, in this episode. Will. But I,
0: I love that I saw it. Yes. Well, but no, there's still... We'll talk about that when we'll, we we'll We'll get there. We'll, we'll get there. there. So, Melissa, yeah. you, you are the keeper of the whiteboard of yeah. organization. Yeah, I am. So you, you so, lead the way, my friend. So, yeah, I mean, I, I
1: figure we can just start with kind of opening night shenanigans because I, I drove down here right before the festival this year. Usually I drive in over the previous weekend and then I work from Texas for a few days, and then we start the festival on Thursday. But this year, there was a thrash metal band playing in <laughs> Minneapolis I really wanted to see on Tuesday night. Uh, dear, uh, dear listeners, Dead Cross with, with uh, Mike Patton from Faith No More and the drummer from Slayer. Oh boy, that's a, that's like being inside the aggression orb from Portal, you know? It's okay. pretty amazing.
0: But listeners, I also want to anyway. point out, if you haven't done the math, it is pretty much a 24-hour drive from Minneapolis to Austin. Yeah. So Melissa, and remember that Fantastic Fest starts on Thursday.
1: And the concert was on Tuesday night, so I went to Thrash Metal Concert. By the way, Secret Chiefs 3 opened for them, and it was really, really good. Anyway, uh, so I go to the Thrash Screamo Metal Band Show, had a nap Started driving, pretty much arrived Thursday morning.
0: Yeah, Thursday, like the plan was for you to maybe hopefully arrive Wednesday night, but then it turned into Thursday morning. Yeah. And then it turned into, I think it was more like Thursday noon. Yeah,
1: and and part of the reason I turned up at noon on Thursday is because around four in the morning when I was passing through Oklahoma, namely Oklahoma City, (laughs) (laughs) I said, hey... I want some actual food that's not gas station food. So I stopped in an IHOP where it was pretty much just me and there were these three teenage girls sitting at another table. And I walk in and I'm wearing a Larabar shirt, of all things, because I don't care what I look like. I'm, I'm, wearing, I'm wearing like running shorts and a Larabar shirt because it's comfortable and that's what I'm driving in. And these three girls look at me and go, oh! Where
0: did you get a Larabar t-shirt? Like, like, who knew Larabar fans in Oklahoma City? Who knew?
1: Teenage Larabar fans. And I go, why? I work for Larabar. And they went, what? Their little brains exploded. And so I wound up in this conversation with these three 18-year-old girls in an IHOP in Oklahoma City at four in the morning on a Thursday morning. And they're they're chugging down coffee. And they're talking about like taking some exams in the morning and then and then going off maybe getting some tattoos. And it's like, "Oh, honey, let me tell you about getting tattoos." <laughs> 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 and by the time that we all parted that IHOP, it was like 3 hours later, and I had convinced all three of them to go to get tattoos. I even told one of them
0: what her tattoo should be. Melissa, <laughs> you are a force for good in the world. <laughs> so yeah, Melissa, I'm I'm at work. So listeners, part of why this experience this year was so different was uh, rather than attending full-time, I actually volunteered first half and yeah. got a second half badge. And um, I had just gotten a new contract gig. So I was actually working uh, full-time Thursday and Friday, eight to eight until five. Yeah. And then on the actual full week of Fantastic Fest this past week, working eight until one each day. So uh, it was exhausting. So I'm at work and I finally get a message from Chris, my husband, that Melissa has finally arrived. I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I'm alive. Here I am. And I'm like, is she okay? Well, she's going to go nap. I would hope so. <laughs> that would be a good idea. So, um, so yeah. So uh, my first... I volunteered. We'll get into that in a in a later episode about the behind the scenes. But I was volunteering the first night, so I got to see Melissa. Mm -hmm. And um, as she came in, and she was watching movies. But it means now, why were you not around for the party? Did you go home? Were you just too worn out? No, I was just in a movie. I was just watching a movie. So the other thing we wanted, the other story to talk about, is uh, the opening night party this Mm -hmm. year was a pajama party, sleepover, eighties dance party, pillow fight. Because it's the Alamo. Yep. And I knew this, and lots of people had made plans to wear pajamas, like, for the party and everything. So I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. The opening night party is a pajama party. And I even thought about wearing my uh, Kigurumi, but it would be very hot, and I couldn't figure out how to get the volunteer t-shirt over it. Yeah.
1: And the... and the It was hot out that day. I mean, oh it, it was God. like
0: swamp water hot. It and was even inside, it, it was making its way in. So... When the party started, mm-hmm. right? I'm working down the way down the hallway. I'm at the end of the hallway, the very last theater you can get to, and I start seeing people coming up to board for their, you know, their like ten thirty, eleven o'clock movies. And I'm starting to see feathers in the hair. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? Is, and it, first, what is in his hair? Is that fluff? Why would lint? That's a shit, dude. You gotta clean your <laughs> – Oh, it's feathers. That's right. They were having a pillow fight. And all I could think was they're having a pillow fight and feathers come out of pillows. Okay, I guess that could happen. And then it began. (laughs) It was like a science fiction film where the spores are drifting on the wind and they're slowly (laughs) coming down the hallway at you and everything... By this point, where would you say theater six, that last theater is from the highball? Like you have to go all it's the way through hike. the lobby, you yeah. have to go all the way down that hallway. Like we're a
1: football field away. And and there are there's like vapor lock doors almost in between the highball and the Oh
0: yeah. There are things the that should have stopped it. Everything was covered in feathers. <laughs> I we were Like we weren't even in the high ball and all of the volunteers were like, oh, I feel like I might have feathers in my mouth, maybe in In my my lungs. lungs. And Zach Carlson's like, I actually boomed my nose and a feather came out. (laughs) 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 And we were talking about like, what's the feather equivalent of black lung? And I'm like, fluffy lung. We've all got fluffy lung. It sounds cute and deadly. (laughs) It's very cute and deadly. If you went into the highball, it was, listeners, I am, I know I am hyperbolic by nature, but I am not joking. It was five inches thick of feathers on the floor and you could see all of the Alamo staff just (sighs) grimly, just nodding their heads like, yep,
1: yeah. It's fantastic fest. I feel like I'd, I'd want a leaf blower. And to go, and accomplish nothing.
0: Well, you know those little those little floor Swiffer things for carpets? Yeah. There was one lonely, determined, <laughs> little Alamo employee who was doing the back hallway just bit by bit, just like, motherfucking, I'm going to get these fucking feathers. Apparently, it's my job for the next seven hours with these feathers. <laughs> and here's the capper for the story, because I ran into Kristen Bell, the executive director of Fantastic Fest, and I was like, wow, the feathers. And she's like... Yeah, I didn't think that all the way through. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, poor Kirsten. She Kirsten. said, "Kristen, she, oh, because Zach Carlson's like everybody's looking at me because I'm usually the one with the terrible, awful ideas." And I, he's, <laughs> it wasn't me this time; it was Kristen. And I go up to Kristen, and Kristen's like, "Well, yeah, you can get breakaway pillows." And I thought, "Well, that'll be fun." And I didn't really think about. The fact that, yeah, the feathers will come out and stay. And stay. (laughs) And she said, oh my God, the bartenders were pissed at me. I bet. (laughs) Can you imagine trying to make drinks when there are feathers everywhere? So listeners, that was the opening night. Yeah, that was the opening night. The feathers. The feathers! Oh my (laughs) God, the feathers!
1: Although, you know, the next day there wasn't hide nor hair of those feathers. No, it was amazing. It was amazing.
0: It was amazing. All right, so let's talk about the movies Uh, that. Some movies. Yeah, some movies.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll talk about five movies in this episode and then you you can move along until tomorrow. Uh, But the first movie I watched this year was Prince of Nothingwood, which is a documentary and it's. Um uh, first of all I should start out, this year's fest theme was uh films from Africa mm, yeah. and 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 the Middle East and um while this tangentially is kind of related I mean this is uh, in Afghanistan mm-hmm. but um the the mix of films is really interesting especially the the things that they brought in from those regions and so prince of nothingwood is a documentary about a filmmaker in Afghanistan who is kind of like the Wakalia Wood guys uh, in Uganda. The He's a filmmaker who just wants to make movies. He has zero budget. There is no film industry in Afghanistan. And he has made hundreds of movies over the years. Because <laughs> he's just decided he wants to make movies. And he... You know, kind of roams around and he has a little coterie of actors that he always works with and he moves to different villages and casts people in the villages and just has a lot of fun with it. And the a lot of these people that first first of all, he was like an ex-general from the like Soviet era, if, if I remember right. What? So he has this military background, and he started doing filmmaking back then, you know, like trying to make narrative films while being stationed, and mm-hmm. he wound up, you know, capturing some real on-the-ground you know, disasters and, um, well, tragedies, really, but, and then working them into a narrative, but, um, he's, uh, the, the extra layer of this documentary is, it's being made by a woman from France, So she has gone into Afghanistan to interview these guys. And, you know, women are still very much in the background in Afghanistan. And she is gently trying to push, you know, as she's exploring into these people's personal lives and filming their wives. Like men are speaking for how their wives feel about these endeavors. And, And she's going, why don't she's sitting right there? Why don't we ask her? And that doesn't go over well, <laughs> and it, so there's all this undercurrent oh. of how women are treated in Afghanistan, and uh, it's it's fascinating, and and it's
0: interesting that she can go in and get them talking,
1: but the women who are
0: yeah well, residents she, yeah right the, yeah. it's weird the way people compartmentalize their. Their prejudices, yeah, and
1: in one of the very early scenes of the documentary um the the filmmaker that is the subject of this documentary um outright says, no, you're not a woman, you're a guy you're a man and he, it, it, mr uh, I can't I can't remember if her name is Susanna or something like that. Uh, Mr Susanna or something like that and yeah okay, they, I have
0: to I have to in my head think that you're a man because that's the only way it makes sense to me
1: yeah it's it's a fascinating film.
0: I bet. mm Hmm.
1: Huh. Wow. Yeah, and the 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 other thing I found really fascinating is one of the actors that he always works with is very effeminate, and they often put him in drag. And it's like, I think you're gay as a tree full of parakeets, but he's got like a a wife and several children. Well, because it's not an option to be gay. Yeah, but I'm I'm or I'm wondering if he really is straight and just. Has the cross dusting streak, or whatever, but he has he he has the the flaming gestures and in and and, uh-huh. and and attitude, and it's accepted in yeah, kind of as just fact with this guy. And it's like I want to know what those attitudes are. They don't really explore them, and because the, you can only explore so much in that in the space of a documentary. It's
0: true. I mean, I remember when I was traveling in India and. It's a very homophobic culture. Yeah. And yet, the casual affection between men that is societally accepted doesn't jibe with our concepts of homophobia. Right. Like, because men will walk down the street holding hands, because that's my best friend. Mm-hmm. And from an American perspective, it's like, what? Yeah. Like, so it's how c- different cultures approach those things and the, and the conflicts of our perceptions of what should be true, but also... Some of it is just society, like cultural differences. Of you know, Americans are really hung about hung up about personal space, and mm-hmm. Indians are not. So, yeah. so there is no conflict in them of like, no, it's not okay to be a homosexual, but yes, I can hold a man's hand.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it, the The attitudes are very different, and it's like, ooh, I want to see more of that. And yeah, it's it interesting documentary. Cool. So, like many of the documentaries they usually see at Fantastic Fest. Excuse me. I feel that. Um, you know, shortly after the festival circuit, it'll probably go on to Netflix and yeah. be easily available. So watch for it.
0: Netflix is really good about finding documentaries. Mm-hmm. Like they pick them. I don't know whether they, they're like, this is an easy get or what, but well, yay. Well, I
1: think, I think it's just that it's hard to push a documentary, unless it's really, really exceptional. It's hard to push a documentary for a wide theatrical release. Yeah. And so it goes to the streaming. It's it's an easy, easy get for yeah, documentary filmmakers. And usually it doesn't take cost that much to make documentaries. Yeah. So it doesn't take much to make back that budget.
0: Win-win. Mm-hmm. What do you want to talk about next? So um,
1: since we're kind of on the theme of Middle Eastern and African and mm-hmm. th- those movies, um, I just want to go briefly into Anyab. Okay. And Anyab is something that they played as kind of one of their repertory movies. And it is... Ninety early nineteen eighties Egyptian remake of Rocky Horror Picture Show.
0: <laughs> I saw that was in there, and I'm like, oh, if I get the chance, I think I want to see it.
1: Oh my god, and it's it's batshit insane. Um, it is okay. So they don't have the transsexual aliens because they, of
0: cultural, yeah, like because of very specific things about uh, of pardon me, Egyptian culture. So what do they turn them into again? Vampires. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so they're vampires. And so there's like a black exploitation of vampire and there's Dracula or like there's Blackula and uh, Dracula. Uh, I don't quite remember. It, it was a midnight movie when I saw it and <laughs> it was in the midnight slot. And, but, but like beat for beat, if you really know Rocky Horror Picture Show, like many of us do uh especially in like the first third of the film you can go beat by beat it's like there's that song there's uh you know Brad and Janet stuck in the car and they go up to the house and that's riff raff and there's the man with no fucking neck and <laughs> it, everything it's all there and vampires and the the head vampire is wearing this vest that is made out of i don't know metal dragon scales or something. It's spectacular. It's, Jeez. like, gl- glimmering. And he has this marvelous feathered hair. And there's a crazy sequ- dinner sequence where, like, one of the vampires has teeth marks on his neck, and but he's got straws stuck in each of them, so he's drinking, like, blood out of glass through the... It's... No. I'm telling you, it's <laughs> insane. It is so weird. And then... And then... And then the movie decides, (laughs) hey, for the next third of the movie, we're going to do societal commentary. See, these are vampires, but there are real vampires in Egyptian society. And so it goes into these weird little vignettes. And I swear there's like... There are real vampires? the, the, The... hang on <laughs> there's like a t- series of 12 vignettes it, they go on forever and each vignette is like uh here's a couple and they call a plumber and the plumber price gouges them haha he's a vampire and then switches back to the man with no fucking neck and he's laughing and then it goes into the next vignette and i'm going and buying some meat and then the the uh the butcher price gouges the the young couple and he, and then it goes back to the man with no fucking neck and he's laughing and it goes over and over and over and it goes Forever, I think I nodded off in the middle of it, and I woke back up. It's like it's still going on.
0: Wow! <laughs> and then
1: at some point they go, "Oh yeah, we we're making a vampire movie," and they go back and, and like conclude <laughs> <laughs> the story. And 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 even weirder is, you know, first of all, they have their own uh, uh, original music for their their score, or, or rather for the for the musical bits, but the interstitial score. Uh, the stuff that doesn't have any singing with it goes full Turkish route and they're just pulling out of whatever they've got in the record library. So it's like the theme from Jaws, Clockwork Orange theme, uh, uh, the William Tell Overture. (laughs) It was like, name that tune. It was amazing. (laughs) The Pink Panther theme. Absolutely, completely inappropriate places. It's <laughs> astounding. <laughs>
0: ba-dum, ba-dum.
1: And and there's some fantastic makeup going on, and it it's it's bonkers. And and the best part, the best part was that um so, Evram Ursure is it mm mm-hmm. uh who was doing a lot of the intros this year and was doing some of the direction of the festival mm-hmm. this year. We won't get into all that, but um <laughs> he's a very good guy to. Intro he, he He intros really well. And so whenever I go to a movie at the festival and he intros a film, it's like, I must have made a good choice. But he's he's a very measured man. And he... Is he from Britain? I don't know um, where his... Well,
0: I don't know his ethnicity, but I know he lives in Britain.
1: Yeah. He's, he, he has a very cultured UK accent. And yeah. I haven't pinned down where it's from. I haven't talked to him very much. But usually he's very measured and he's very cultured and he's very UK. And then for Anyab, he was giddy. He was well, He like, was
0: giddy last year for yeah. uh Kalnayak? Yeah. Yeah, when he, yeah introduced- he was very
1: excited for that. But this is like, I think he was a little drunk as well. Oh. And he, he was like, and I love this movie. I love this. You are going to be so, this is so spectacular. And when the uh, the Frankenfurter vampire walks in, you will be so stunned. And, <laughs> and, and so I got this, this print from a guy in Lebanon. And he sent me the print, but all of the... the um, the, the subtitles were out of order, so I went through and I retimed all the subtitles, so this is what you're going to see. And he's, he is just gushing about this movie, and, and he closes it with it. If you've ever wondered why I went wrong in life, it's because I was influenced like by movies like these. And I'm going to just sit down and watch this with you, because this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a flutter <laughs> he was so happy <laughs> uh, and I, I'm like oh my god that's so cute I'm sitting with Susanna way in the back and we're both going oh my god he's
0: adorable <laughs> I, oh just, do. I just remember him introducing Cal Nyack and he's like and I stood up on the table with excitement or was that Magadira that he it was Magadira he introduced both but I remember one of his like I remember the first time I, I think I, it was
1: Cal Nyack I remember this
0: I stood up on the table with joy. And I'm just like, that's a thing that we do enjoy? Okay, I'll, <laughs> right. I'll embrace that.
1: And and uh he's not wrong. <laughs> no, <laughs> nope.
0: No, Kal Since we're since we mentioned
1: Kalnayak, we should just go into Basha. We should
0: go into Basha. So last year um there was a four four-movie sidebar uh curated by Josh Hurtado. Yep who
1: Oh, bless that man. I love him so much. He's so delightful. I wish he was around for longer this year, because I barely saw him. I, yeah, loved, I, I mostly, loved Josh.
0: I mostly just walked by and was like, hi, Josh, and then I had to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so this year they let him program one movie, and he chose uh, Basha, which is another Tamil language mm-hmm. uh, film starring Rajnikanth, who is apparently, according to Evram, Pretty much a deity. Yes. In <laughs> India. Like some people are like, I'm pretty sure he might actually have godlike powers. At least his hair does. Oh, yes, as, it really does. As Abram said. Um, and so it was. I immediately was like, Melissa saw Basha first and was like, you need to see Basha. And I'm like, well, of course I was going to see Basha. And
1: and I went, no, you don't understand. If
0: I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times. And you then, have to see Basha. <laughs> and Scott Pepper comes by and is like, I saw Basha. And it was a growing, so good. Because... Um, last year with uh, knowing that they were going to show Indian films we I showed Bahubali here at the house mm-hmm. and a lot of people who'd never seen an Indian film Scott Pepper one was one came over and was like oh, what is this magic that you've put before my eyes and so now he's just like oh this is magic and the best part of that was so it was a 10:20 in the morning showing mm-hmm. which is super early for Fantastic Fest and it's a 3 hour commitment yeah and I actually um And so Scott Pepper was watching it for the second time. Yep. I went in to watch it and was joined by Mike Lawson and by Marco, who are both, uh, Mike Lawson's one of the volunteer coordinators, and uh, Marco was a volunteer lead. So I had been working with them as a volunteer for the last four days. Mm -hmm. This was their first Indian film experience. But people had been talking about how great it was. Yeah. So as I go in and we put down our stuff, and I'm like, "Okay, I'm going to run to the bathroom because three-hour movie." Mm-hmm. And Marco goes, "Wait, what?" I'm like, Margo, it's a three-hour movie." He's like, "Why?" And I'm like, "I'm like, you should go to the bathroom it, now.
1: Don't earn it. Don't yeah. earn it. Don't sure, worry. Don't
0: worry. It'll be great." But yeah, you want
1: to go to the bathroom now. Yeah. So I'm like, because they don't ne- normally allow for the uh, uh, intermission to play. No, fantastic. Because so they, they just gotta keep it together. going. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, and so then I'm like, "Wait, have you two never seen?" And they're like, no. So I'm just so happy. I'm like, I get to watch it. I get to watch one of these with people who've never seen it. And that makes it even better mm-hmm. because as I see magic happen on the screen, that I get to turn and look at them and they're like, oh, why? How? Yes.
1: Yeah. T- Tamil filmmaking is so, everything in the kitchen sink. Yes. Like everything, everything, everything goes in. All the spices go in the pot, and it's going to be glorious. And, uh, in and
0: point of fact, side note: I Bahubali two. Bahubali and Bahubali two are both on Netflix. Listeners, yes, um, you can have watch it. the watch the Tamil right, the Tamil language dub. Yes, yeah, watch that dub. There are several different dubs on there, and you're going to turn on the subtitles. So you're thinking, what does it matter? It does. Just trust me. But I decided to watch Bahubali two before you even arrived last mm-hmm. week. Chris comes home in the last hour and he's like, what is this? Because he hadn't seen. And I'm like, oh, it's Bahubali 2. And he sits down and, and it was right before the battle sequence and all the CGI. And he's like, holy cow. And I'm like, yeah, Michael Bay needs to learn a thing or two. And he's mm-hmm. like, what is it? I'm like, it's the apex predator of CGI. It is. Like they, the Tamil language industry discovered CGI and went... Oh, we can do this. And that's how Intherin happened. So, mm-hmm. yay Inthirin. Which, which so, also
1: involves Rajnikanth. But anyway, so getting skip, back to get, Basha. Getting to Basha, Basha. was early
0: 90s, if yes. I remember
1: right. And it's, it's Rajnakanth playing a, a taxi cab driver, essentially. And, or, and...
0: And um, linchpin of the community. He is yes. the hero of the community, the guy who comes in at the last second of, oh, you need money for that? Here you go. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm going to help out you. I am, and I have these siblings and um, our father's dying wish was that he'd be a cop, she'd get to go to medical school, and this one would marry well. And so help me God, I'm going to make that happen. And mm-hmm. this is my dream. And the mother's like, you're such a good man for giving up so much. Like, what about you? And what about your love? No, that's more important that I give to my siblings. You're like, what a great guy. But, dun, dun, dun. She has a dark past. dark past. Dark past. Dark past. And the best part is every time they're like, wait, you mean the the evil smuggling mobster Basha who died and then they would like this Basha, Ba-sh-a this like Ba-sh-a. overlay Basha and this like weird psychedelic burnout cut out of him like walking and like it's some sort of psychedelic trip memory that he's flashing back on yeah. like a bad PTSD and it's just like what is this Basha what is this Basha was he really a bad guy but he's such a good guy now did I must know, I must know the truth of his past. And, and they don't get into it until like the third hour, so. <laughs> then, then there's a flashback yeah. where you find out about how he became, about how he was Basha. And then in the flashback, there's another flashback that explains how he became Basha. Yeah. <laughs> there's a flashback inside of a flashback. Why, why not? And then, of course, the dance numbers and the bonkers, like, weird rainbow peacock things and then he comes out in the the one dance number, I I sat straight up. <laughs> and I was just, and my hands, like I totally pulled uh, Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone, just like my hands just flew to my face when he came walking down the stairs in the Roman Centurion outfit. Yeah. I was just like, oh, wow. Happening, this is so glorious! Oh my god, and every time he's like being basha, they have this basha theme that plays do 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 basha basha.
1: Whole audience is chanting, A
0: whole audience, like by the second time it plays, is chanting with it with like yeah. arm movements and everything. And it was glorious. <laughs> and and Mike and Marco were both like, I have. The the world is a brand new place to me and I'm like, You're welcome. There you go. There you go. Thank God for Josh Hurtado. So that's me gushing about Basha. Yeah.
1: And and so from there we should talk about um there's We've got two more um movies we want to tackle, and they shouldn't take too terribly long. No. But they they kind of relate to one another. They're they're Well, both. did you see Bad Genius? I did not see Bad Genius. So you should so talk about is, Bad Genius.
0: This is interesting because I'm gonna talk about a movie I saw that Melissa didn't, and then Melissa's gonna talk about a movie that she saw that I did not. Yeah. So I saw Bad Genius, which is um Thai. Uh it is a Thai film about um It's a high school drama. It's a heist film. Mm -hmm. And the central premise being that you're uh, a very, very smart girl gets a scholarship to um, one of the best schools where, like, if you get into this school, it is much more likely that you will get to go to school abroad, specifically in the States, which means you're going to have a much better life for yourself. So, and she's super duper smart. Well, through... Through a series of of events, very quickly, she um, she decides to help her friend cheat hmm. because she kind of feels like the school is already cheating. Like, yeah, it, I don't want to like try to explain everything, but she's like, ah, people are already rigging the system here, and my friend just needs to get a higher GPA so she can do the school play. Right. I'll help her with that. Well, then the friend's boyfriend is like, I hear you helped her out, and I got a whole bunch of friends who'd like a little help, and we'd be willing to pay and you're super poor and your dad is paying a lot of money for you to go to the school. So, and she's like, well, yeah, she figured, and she figures out a really smart way to give them like this code that she can do in during the test that will tell them what the answer is. Cause the answers are all um, multiple choice. Okay. So she did. It's super smart. Um, okay. So great. This is what they're doing. Um, and then, uh, what, and then, uh but then like in school, one of, she gets caught and then she's told she can't apply for a scholarship that's going to get her out. So now she's super bitter. And so then it comes around to the big test, the test that you have to take to go abroad. And of course, the rich kids are all like, if you can figure out a way, we will pay you so much money mm-hmm. and we will pay for you to go. We will help pay to get you abroad to school. Yeah. She's like, okay, and she figures out a way to do it. It's super smart, and I don't want to spoil it, because it's really smart. And the this heist, I talked to somebody else. I think it was um, Jed mm-hmm. afterwards, and he's like, you know that the heist is, like, they're filming it really well when you actually are just starting to get angry, and you want it to end because you are so tense. And I was so tense of like, oh, my God, they're going to get oh, my God, they're going to get, oh, my God, oh, my God, mm-hmm. oh, my God, just, oh, can you skip to the end? Like, I... Oh my god, this is very Ooh. tense. And but it, it ends in a really surprising way and I don't want to ruin it, because I think it's probably I think you're probably gonna be able to find it. I think it's probably yeah. gonna wind up on Netflix. Um so it ends up being for all that the tropes are right there, um, you know, of the rich kids and the poor kids, but it's sort of surprising how it's not by the numbers. Okay. It's not by the numbers and and it's a Thai film, which is nice. Yeah. And and characters take turns that you're like, I, I actually, I, I didn't see that coming. Okay, oh, interesting. Okay, so yeah, I really enjoyed it. I was like, I was very pleased that I made that choice, um, and the, the, the actors were really terrific and engaging. So, there you go, bad genius. Rock you on. You should see that one. And then, leading into
1: the movie that I saw that you did not see, Vampire <laughs> Clay. Because let's end with a true Fantastic Fest type film. Yeah, this is the most Fantastic movie, Fantastic Fest movie that I saw at Fantastic Fest this year because, oh my God, it's not very good. We'll, we'll just lay that out there. It's not a very good movie, but it is super low budget. Uh, Japanese film about... Um, you, you can tell the filmmakers were going for this horror movie as a commentary on the pressure of Japanese students. So there's several Japanese art students, like five or six of them they're They've been gotten into this little art school in the country that's supposed to prep them for getting into proper Japanese art school. And so the teacher is kind of this embittered woman who never really was accepted into the art school either. And so she's like, you you must work harder. You must get into school and, and she's, she's driving these students really hard. And, and unfortunately, um, one day, she's, like, digging around this rural little classroom that she set up and has found a, a box buried underground that has a bunch of art supplies in it. So she brings it in, and, you know, one of the, the big things is a big bag of sculpting clay that she puts with the other sculpting clay. And, of course, one of the girls goes, oh, you know, I uh, I need clay, but this other student has borrowed my clay. Can it? The teacher goes, oh, just find something back there, and she gets this buried piece of clay and starts working with it unfortunately the piece of clay is cursed cursed clay and so literally the film vampire clay is about a murderous piece of sculpting clay people w- are being killed by pottery people are being killed by clay <laughs> <laughs> this is this is clay that is like when people aren't looking goes out and grabs a razor blade and so when she's sculpting through it she goes oh and there's like a little drop of blood and it eats the blood and then you know eventually it you know at night it goes off and eats the class hamster and (laughs) just (laughs) eventually it's eating the students and it's it is it is properly bonkers and um unfortunately it is dead fucking serious which is so bad because if they had leaned a little bit more into the camp factor I think it would have been absolutely delightful
0: well like um uh, Kayako versus Sudadaako
1: yeah because there's not a serious bone in the body of that movie it's like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we know that it, they're exquisite horror films but <laughs> this this we know you're watching it because this is fucking daffy and this is a movie about a piece of vampiric sculpting clay like no, you should not have been taking this seriously. You should not have been taking this so seriously. Especially since it ends with a fucking kaiju moment. <laughs> what? <laughs> and it, it is dumb as a box of rocks. It's great. But um, the, I, I love the central concept of it for as much as they kind of fumbled the tone of the movie. Um, first of all, uh, for as little budget as they had... The special effects are actually decent. Oh, good. Yeah, you know, some of them it's like, oh, that looks really dumb. But some of them are like, that's really impressive. That, that's practical effects done right. But uh, the... <laughs> How do you fight a piece of... Clay. Clay. Because if you... Do you fire it? You, you, you can fire it and grind it up. But the moment that water hits it, it reconstitutes... Into clay. Into clay. And it will continue trying to kill you. You, you can put it in a concrete box and bury it underground, but, you know, that uh, shit will eventually lease. Then somebody will find it. Find it and dig it up. And, and, and put suddenly... it in your art supplies. Yeah. it's No, not the vampiric clay. Yeah, what do you do? It's dirt. <laughs> <laughs>
0: How do you fight dirt? It's kind of like Kurt Vonnegut's Ice Nine. What do you do? <laughs> what do you do? Um... Oh, to go back to Basha real quick. By the (laughs) way, listeners, no, just here's the thing that happens. Uh, Because people would tweet, I saw Basha at Fantastic Fest, and Uh it's amazing. If you ever want to feel Twitter famous watch an Indian film and tweet about how much you love it. It's true. And the Indian people will be like, oh, people in America watch this film that I love so much. Oh my God. And they will freak out. It's yeah. sort of lovely and sweet. It, it's kind of amazing.
1: It, last year when I was tweeting about the, the Indian program at Fantastic Fest, I got so much Twitter love.
0: <laughs> um, they actually, uh, Josh Datto shared uh, a news article from India of, Basha played at Fantastic Fest, and the white people liked it. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what it's saying yeah. and sharing all the tweets of, like, America has discovered the joy of Rajin, Rajin. Rajnikanth. Thank you. Rajnikanth. I can't... My tongue. And the... Yeah, do you realize
1: there's a video on YouTube with our voices on it? Because they they grabbed one of our...
0: Yes. Uh, yeah, one <laughs> yeah. of our
1: podcasts talking about one of the films. And,
0: and they were like, oh, my God, these girls love our movie. But... Yeah, and, and
1: that's a... When I found that video, it's like, can you just credit us?
0: Yeah, just If you, can <laughs> just, if you can just point to us, that'd be yeah. Great. Just just
1: add a link, and and it, I don't mind that. That you love that we're gushing about this movie, but please, we're, we're please India, us. We're
0: famous in India. Like, we're famous <laughs> in India, apparently, <laughs> a for, for a hot minute. We're famous in India. So, all right. Yeah. So that was our first um, right. sort of mini episode, although it still was a long episode. Yeah. Um, our first mini episode about the experience of Fantastic Fest 2017 this mm-hmm. year. And and we'll be back soon with another chunk of movies, too. And another uh, uh, passel of stories. Yes. Yes. All right, listeners. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Fucking grackles, man.